Welcome to the First Pres podcast, which features the message from this past Sunday's worship. If you would like to worship with us in person, our services are Sunday mornings at 8.30, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. You can learn more about First Pres at www.first-pres.org. Well, again, a hello, and uh, now is the time for me actually to say hello to the, those worshiping in the worship center. We're glad you're here worshiping with us. Merry Christmas to you. And friends, you heard the infant crying. The infant is here. <laughs> and, and we're just so glad that we're here. I see a lot of familiar faces, and I see a lot of friends and family joining to be together for Christmas, and it's just fantastic to be in the house of the Lord together on a day like today. You've heard the Christmas story. I'm just going to read two verses that you've already heard read Uh, Once again, as we're going to focus in on the message that was heard by the shepherds. So Luke chapter 2, verses 10 and 11, I'll read for you again. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Let's pray together. Lord, over verses that perhaps we've heard a few times before, we pray that you would open our hearts to hear from you, our Lord and our God, who loves us, who knows us by name, and who redeems us by his mighty power. Lord, be present to us and help us to believe in Jesus' name. And the people said, amen, amen. We're talking about Great joy. The angel said, here's news that will bring great joy. So I want to ask you a question, and it might not be uh, easy for you to answer right off the bat. So it might take you a minute to think about this. But I want to ask you, where have you been looking to find joy? In this year 2018, where were you searching to find joy? I know that's a weird question to ask, so I'll give you just a second to think about it. And you might think about, where was I happiest this last year? And that might be some indication of where you were hoping to find joy. But you know, you might also think, where was I disappointed this past year? Where was I looking for something that didn't come through? Because that might also be a sign that you've been searching for joy. I'm here to tell you, the claim that we make is that Until you have your joy rooted in Jesus Christ, you will continue chasing happiness down rabbit holes and tracks that never fully satisfy. You were made to know the joy of God. We've had a tractor in our our plaza in our church for the last month. Did you see it? Did you jump on it? How many got a picture? With your, as you walked by, yeah, or l- earlier this month. And we've been having hashtags, you know, to put, go out on social media, things like cultivate joy, uh, hashtag farmers for Jesus. I don't know what that, what that really means, where that came from, but there you go. And growing in joy, and we've had beautiful families hopping up and around the tractor, and, and uh, these great looking, and, and uh, hey, look at that, that's John and Gail Stevens right there, <laughs> ready to drive that thing right out of the front of the church. And the reason we've had that tractor around is that it reminds us of something. 
It reminds us that joy isn't something we manufacture or purchase. It isn't something that comes easily all tied up in a bow. Joy is different from that. It's something that grows. It's something we have to cultivate. It's something, in fact, that God wants to grow in us. But it doesn't come like that. It, it, it's cultivated in the soil of our lives. We hope for it. We long for it. But ultimately, joy is something that God produces in us. Ultimately, joy is a gift. And there's only one thing to do with a gift, and that's to receive. You see, joy is something that God wishes to bring to us, and it is something that we have to open our hearts to receive. You may or may not know the name Eugene Peterson. He's an uh, author and a pastor and very inspiring person in, in Christian leadership circles. And he actually wrote a Bible in his own uh, language all the way through, Old Testament, New Testament, called The Message that I would encourage you to pick up and read sometime as it helps to understand a little bit of what the Bible is telling us. And Eugene Peterson, he passed away this year at 85 years old. And as they held the services uh, in Montana where he lived, his son Leif got up and had to say something at the memorial service. Maybe you've been in a, a position like that. And he got up and he said to everyone gathered there, he said, you know, my dad's a famous guy, but let me tell you, he's been fooling you all along. You see, he tricked you into thinking that he's got all kinds of messages, all kinds of books, all kinds of different things to say. But all along, he's only had one message. It's a message that he snuck into my room at night and whispered into my ears when I was a boy. It's a message that he has whispered into my life for 55 years and into my heart. One message, and it's this. God loves you. God is on your side. He's after you, and he is relentless. One message for one life. I wonder what you think about a message like that. A lot of us in this room, we would say we believe that. We believe that God loves us and is for us. We would say that, in fact, that, that we know God in, in some personal way, that we know Jesus Christ, and he's the center of our lives and the foundation of our joy. We would, we would happily declare confidence in a statement like that. But I know a lot of us in this room, as we're gathered together this afternoon, we wouldn't say we believe that. We wouldn't say we could believe those things. If you'll allow me, it's really you that I want to talk to this afternoon. I hope as you've come and you're giving this time over on Christmas Eve and, and, and maybe you've come with a friend, maybe a family member, I hope that as you spend this time with us together, as you spend this time, that you would allow me to speak to you and that maybe you would just open your mind a little bit, that you would open your heart a little bit, that there may be more to God than you have previously imagined. I would give just about anything, anything, to help every one of you Know and believe God loves you and God is on your side and he knows you by name and he's after you and he is relentless. So, God loves you. 
Is that something that you can believe? Is that easy for you to believe? Do you believe that God is there? Most people do. Most people do, actually. They've had some sense of the presence of God. I mean, there's just too much mystery and beauty in the world to, to eliminate the existence of God. And a lot of people have had moments in their lives where they've known that God has intervened in some special way, maybe in an accident or an illness that could have gone much worse, and you knew that God was kind of moving in your life. The question for most people isn't, is God there? The question is, is God good? Is God worth being around? Does God love me? Does Christmas make you think about God or Jesus in particular? <laughs> I mean, it's a fair question because there's a whole lot in, in Christmas that doesn't seem to have much to do with God, isn't there? There's a guy named Greg Forrester who wrote a book recently and he said, Christmas was sacred in our family, but Christmas never had anything to do with the birth of Jesus. He's very straightforward about that. He said, we didn't even think about Christmas having something to do with Jesus. For me, Christmas was really about getting presents. It was an annual greed factory, right? Wanting a little bit, getting a little bit, wanting a little bit more, getting a little bit more, wanting, wanting, getting, getting, wanting, wanting, right? Can you relate to any of that? There's a lot of Christmas that, that it feels like doesn't have anything to do with, with Jesus at all, almost like uh, Maybe the Jesus stuff in Christmas is just a, from another time, like Carolos walking around in uh, fuzzy hats asking for figgy pudding from, from the, you know, for, I don't even know what figgy pudding is or how you give it to a caroler. But they're actually very demanding about this. Have you noticed that? I mean, they are insistent. But maybe this Christmas thing was started by Jesus. But does he have anything to do with it now? What are we looking for? We go through Christmas and go through the family traditions, the family rituals, we better get the gifts, get the tree, make the cookies, distribute the fudge, dress in the white shirt and the blue jeans to get the family portrait in front of a tractor. Just normal stuff. We're looking for a little holiday joy, a little bit of an experience, but are we looking for Jesus? The Bible says there were shepherds out in fields in Jerusalem watching over their sheep. We know where that is. We know where those fields are. It's just over there. It just was a long time ago. And as they were living their lives, God interrupted. Verse 8 of Luke 2, there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. You see, you couldn't raise sheep in pens. It was too expensive and too difficult to, to harvest the food and bring it to the animals. So instead, you would bring the animals to the food. So the shepherds had to move the sheep around, constantly looking for the next place to eat, over the next river, around the next bend, you know, over the hill, just searching, searching, never stopping, continuing on, never finding home you see and in the middle of their searching in the middle of their run-of-the-mill lives God interrupted and suddenly they were caught in a spiritual experience that they could not fully understand here's here's what it looked like verse 9 an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were what terrified Absolutely. 
You see, it's frightening when you're, you're running your life and God suddenly interrupts. It's frightening when you suddenly get the sense that maybe God is there and maybe God is looking at me and maybe God is trying to tell me something. It's frightening. But God is there and God loves you. And God is on your side. That's the second thing that, that Leif had to say about his father Eugene at his passing. God is there. He loves you. And God is on your side. God is for you. Is that something you can believe? Maybe you've had some hard times in your life. Maybe you've had some difficult disappointments. Maybe you've had moments in your life that you remember praying to God to, to intervene, to make something different. God, please take this pain away. God, please make the tumor benign. God, please uh, help me find my husband this year. God, please let me get into that school or get into that job. God, please make this marriage work again. You remember praying and calling out to God, and he didn't do it. And he didn't seem to respond. And you're holding that. Listen, God is on your side. I want to make a claim tonight. It may be the one thing that really surprises you about this message. I hope it's one thing that you'll remember. God is on your side. God is for you. And God wants you to know Joy. It isn't something you buy. It isn't something you manufacture, and it doesn't come instantly. But God wants to cultivate joy in the soil of your life. God is on your side. Let's see. The shepherds, remember, they were terrified. They were frightened. They were trembling. Their lives were disturbed as God interrupted. You know what it's like to be terrified. You know what it's like to be full of fear. We all do. But the angel said to them at verse 10, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. The angel shows up and God intervenes and all of a sudden you're in the presence of God and you know that God is there and you're wondering what happens next and the message is clear. Do not be afraid. You thought you had to turn and run, but you don't need to fear. Listen, fear, fear locks us up. Fear closes our minds. Fear puts us on the defensive and narrows possibilities. When you are living in fear, nothing is possible. Everything is impossible. I believe that the biggest mistakes we make in our lives are decisions that we make based on fear. So do not be afraid. God may be present. He may be speaking to you right now. Do not be afraid. Open your heart. I bring you good news, the angel says, that will cause great joy for all the people. I want to camp on that for just a minute. This is a message straight from heaven. This is the message of Christmas. First, the angel says, I bring you. I bring you. Not you go find, not you have created, not you have won and managed. No, I bring 
you. As you are in your life searching and searching these shepherds, pursuing, pursuing, trying to find what's right and good, trying to do what's right and good, God says, I'm here and I bring what? You. Now, if God is bringing something to you, then it's a gift. And the only thing to do with a gift is to receive. I bring you. I bring you what? I bring you good news. Thank you. Good news. Not a sales pitch, not a, not a philosophy for you to consider, not tips for, for a successful life, not a, not a way to walk that you might try. No, no, no. I bring you good news. News is a report of an event that has happened. And that's it. I'm just going to tell you that this has happened. And you can do whatever you would like with that information, but I'm bringing you the news. And it's not just news, it's good news. Jesus is good news. I will bring you good news that will cause great joy. Not, not might cause, not maybe will cause, but will cause great, what? Joy for all people. And what I'm telling you today is that when you see those three letters all, that's every one of you. There's no one disqualified from that all. This is for all people. Here's the thing, you sum that up. If the birth of Jesus does not cause you great joy, then you don't have the news right. You don't have the whole story. You're missing something because this event is about joy. Why? Well, see, the good news that the shepherds heard, it was only the beginning. The birth of Jesus was only the beginning. Jesus was born, and Mary and Joseph named him Jesus. Why? Because Jesus means God saves. The angel said, this one who's born is a Savior. He's the Messiah, the promised and hoped for Redeemer. And this infant, he grew up. And Jesus, as you know, he, he taught many how to live life fully, how to love neighbors selflessly, how to love God with devotion, how to care for the world around us. And then this same Jesus, he was wrongfully arrested. And he was brutally, he was brutally beaten. And he was killed. And it wasn't an accident. When Jesus was killed, he, he was killed because he intended to take a punishment on himself that he didn't deserve, but that you and I did. You see, you and I, as we've lived our lives, we have done things wrong. We have failed to love neighbor. We have disregarded the God who made us. We have treated the, the world around us poorly. And justice requires punishment for crimes. But Jesus didn't want you to take that punishment on yourself. And so he stepped in front. He came in front of you and of me. And he bore in his flesh our own sins and transgressions. And he took that punishment to the cross. And do you know what motivated Jesus to do all that? Well, the Bible tells us. It says, look to Jesus the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the, say it with me, joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Do you get that now? The mission of Jesus was a mission of joy. He did it for joy. 
He did it for the joy of knowing that you who were lost, that you and I who could not get home from where we were, He did it for the joy of knowing that we could be reunited with God and follow Him into eternal life. If only He suffered, and if only He paid the penalty, and if only He went to the grave, and if only He rose again, He did it for the joy. Do you believe God is for you? That God is on your side? That God intends your joy? Maybe you didn't know these verses that Jesus said to his disciples. I've told you this in John 15. I've told you all this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus wants your joy to be complete. Or he said this as he was praying right before he suffered and died. He prayed to God the Father in heaven, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I am still in the world so that they, that's you, that's me, so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them, the full measure of the joy of God is what Jesus prayed for you to have as a consequence of His victories. Your joy is His prize. Oh, God loves you, and He's on your side. You might be peering in from the outside and you might think that, that Christianity is, is some kind of a, a miserable, dirt-scratching attempt to please a God who may or may not be there and may or may not even care. Friends, that is not what Christianity is about. If that's what Christianity was about, I would be running out those back doors right now. Christianity is about Jesus who came and for the joy set before him, endured the cross, that you and I could be reunited, reunited to God and know eternal life. Your joy is his prize. Oh, God could have set it up that, that that was the way it worked and our dutiful cowering obedience was what was required for life, but, but God didn't set it up that way. Here is the remarkable claim of Christian faith. God set it up so that His greatest glory and your greatest joy coincide. And the place where they meet is Jesus Himself. It's Jesus the Messiah. Today, in the town of David, says verse 11, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. You see this baby, this infant, this humble little one, this is an incursion of God into the world. This is God intervening in the world to stop its degradation, its self-destruction, its disintegration, and to begin new life and wholeness and peace. God has come to save. And why did he do all that? He did it for joy. Great joy. God loves you. God is on your side. In fact, that's what the incarnation is about, that God saw that you were on the wrong side and God wanted you home on his side and so he entered your side in Jesus Christ, his son, to bring you back home. God loves you. He's on your side. He's coming after you and he's relentless. Now, does that give you the heebie-jeebies? It might just, but listen to me now. God loves you. 
and his intentions are pure, his love is true, and his claim is just, and he will never stop pursuing you with his love, and he will never give up on bringing you home. This is the Lord our God. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And that meant that 2,000 years later, on December 24th in 2018, right here, that you were included. If you know this news, if you understand this news, if you receive this news today, it is still cause for great joy. This guy I told you about, Greg Foster, he, uh, whose family forgot that Christmas was about Jesus. You know, can you imagine? My word. Well, he said he still had these experiences in, in his Christmas days, and he called them explosive moments of joy. They would surprise him where Christmas kind of grabbed a hold of him, and, and the Christmas magic or the Christmas sprinkle dust or something got in his eyes. You know what I'm talking about. And he just got grabbed by some explosive moment of joy. You know, maybe you've experienced something like this. You find yourself crying at the end of Home Alone. <laughs> just admit it. And you just don't know why. Or you, you hear some song come on the radio, and all of a sudden you're singing, Joy to the world. The Lord is coming. You're not even sure why you're singing that, you know. Or you stop and you see a nativity scene and suddenly you're captured and, and tears well up in your eyes. The little explosive moments of joy. Well, Greg wrote about these and, and he said, these experiences did not create or result from a real faith in Christ on my part. No. Believe it or not, I wasn't thinking at all about Jesus, even as I was singing carols about Jesus. He remained implausible and irre irrelevant in my consciousness. I got little tastes of the joy of God without getting God himself. I was washed for a moment by the spray from the breaking wave without actually going in the ocean, without even knowing the ocean was there. The shepherds got up. They bolted up their courage, and they went to Jesus. And that's where I leave you. Will you turn to Jesus? Will you go to Jesus? Are you catching little bursts of, of the joy of God, just a little bit of spray and foam of the ocean without even knowing the ocean is there? Don't you want to know what it feels like to turn and jump all the way in? The joy of the Lord is just little glints of it are, are flitting across your life. You're catching the spray, the, the accidental excess of the joy of the Lord where Jesus said, I've come and told you these things that my joy may be in you and your joy may be complete. You're tasting just little bits where Jesus prayed to God the Father that you would have the full measure of the joy of God, the full measure I'm telling you, if your heart isn't open to Jesus tonight, there is joy that God has in store for you. There is life that God has in store for you that you have hardly even imagined. And it's a gift. And what's to be done with a gift? It's to be received.
You've got to open your hands. You've got to open your heart. Would you let the Lord give the gift to you today? Be loved by God to His glory and to your joy. Let's pray. Lord, straight across this church, there are many of us, Lord, with hearts uh, kind of trembling, a little disturbed, fleeing from you. Even those of us who've known you before, Lord, we turn often. And I pray right now, Jesus, by the power of your Holy Spirit, that we would know that you are real, you are true, that you love us, that you're for us, and we would stop fleeing from you and receive all of your gifts of life and joy. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening to our First Prez podcast. For more information, you can visit us online at www.first-prez.org.